Welcome back to Finding Water, our podcast with digital transformation champions. I'm Lisa Wolf, your host. Today, I'm very excited and honored to be joined by Penelope Pret, CIO of Accenture. Welcome, Penelope, and thank you so much for joining our digital transformation conversation. Well, thanks, Lisa. It's really good to be here with you today and to talk to all the listeners. And this topic is important to all companies, but particularly to Accenture. Our mantra is let there be change. So digital transformation is a continuous ongoing thing for us. So, so let me start with just a few facts about Accenture. So our listeners have an idea of the magnitude of the change and the digital transformation efforts that you and your teams are leading. Accenture has 569,000 employees, is 44 billion in revenue, and about 32 years old. And like every other company, Accenture had to move at light speed when the pandemic hit to get your employees set up and productive to work from their homes. How did you get an organization literally the size of a small country set up and productive overnight without missing a beat? So the key to it all, Lisa, was that when we started in the pandemic period, Accenture was already 95% in the cloud. We had fully embraced the cloud journey, which means we had anytime, anywhere access for most of our population. The thing we had to focus on was getting devices in people's hands in different locations and to make sure that the way we approach security in a fully remote world where none of our offices were open and we approach security from a end-to-end perspective, that that end-to-end solution was solid and good for all of our locations. At that point, all 569,000 of them, right? Um, so I hope that most companies had an easy transition uh, at the start of the pandemic and that they had reasonable cloud positions to enable that. But I think we saw um, that that wasn't the case for large sectors of the world right now. Yeah. And, and to help others um, that are still really early in their cloud transformation, can you expand on some of the critical success factors of your journey to the cloud and how it's not only helped Accenture to pivot when the pandemic hit, but also how it's helping you drive your business day to day. So there are two or three things that I would point out about the cloud journey in general that I think are just good principles for any CIO who's trying to have a conversation with their company about moving to or being in the cloud. First and most importantly, uh, the cloud, I think everybody understands this now, is here to stay. It is no longer an in-quarter ROI conversation about what to do. It's a foundational technology like the internet. And we all have to approach it from that mindset. And anytime you're incorporating a foundational technology into your company, you kind of think about three things. Number one, how are you going to get your business on board that this is a good capability for them to have, that it's safe, and that it overall maximizes business outcomes better than the technology they had before? The second thing is, who are you going to work with in the ecosystem? What's the right strategy? Single player, multiplayer, et cetera? And the third thing is to make sure that you understand how to build your own workforce in IT to be able to properly consume the capability. These things sound so innocuous on the surface, but all three of them required a lot of work on our part to get Accenture to the place where it needed to be to consume the cloud at speed and to be able to power up our business with it in kind of a seamless flow. 
Okay. So when you think back um, on your journey, what was your biggest challenge moving to the cloud? The cloud two years ago was a less known quantity than it is now, right? And when we started the journey three years before that, you can guess that the technology quotient or the understanding of the general population about what cloud was and what it did, it was fairly low. So the first and most important thing we had to do for our company was to establish the business benefits that could be derived from this new technology. If you just think about it, basic things about accessing data anytime from anywhere in the world allow you to move your business at a speed that simply isn't possible when you're confined to on-prem totally. And so that was the biggest challenge, laying down the foundation for the company about what they could expect in terms of business outcomes for moving to this vast new technology and then working with them to prioritize what things should go first uh, in order to deliver not only proof of concept, but the largest business impact that you could make at the time. So, so how did you gain support from your other business partners outside of IT um, as you made that, that move to the cloud? The way that we did it and the way that I would encourage anyone who's trying to have the conversation with their business partners is to focus on the outcome you want. So let me give you two specific conversation examples of what we did in Accenture that kind of helped us get there. We talked to our finance team about the fact that we could materially increase the speed and predictability and predictive analytics around closing our books, whether that's monthly or yearly, if we were on a distributed footing in the cloud. And that business outcome was enough incentive for them to pair with us to do a digital transformation to get our backbone into the cloud for finance. And lo and behold, at the end of that journey, we can now close a Fortune 500 company in six business days. Six business days. That's just astonishing. But you have to talk to your business customers about that kind of really powerful outcome that is only possible through this particular technology and get them on board. A second example, carry-on capability with our finance when we had the backbone in the cloud. Now we have real-time access to cash positions in every geography in which we operate. And for Accenture, that's a lot of geographies. And by having real-time access to cash behavior and being able to run predictive analytics on our cash flow, we were able to save 20% cash flow and put it back in investments simply by having better information about how to handle our money in geographies. So these types of super powerful business outcomes, Lisa, that's what incents your business to get in the boat with you. Dream big, go big, get the business outcome. And after you get the first couple and all the other business customers see it, it's a free for all to see who's going to get to be next in the priority queue. Yeah, those are outstanding business outcomes. And I bet your finance team is just thrilled now uh, with the direction and the journey that you've taken them and, and where you're going together. So now when you sort of step back and you think about it, you have workloads in multiple clouds. You still have some workloads on premise. Um, when a digital service, a finance service starts to slow down or even has an outage, how long does it take you to determine what the problem is and, and how fast can you remediate something like that that lives across um, on premise and in multiple clouds? This is one of those things, Lisa, where the lesson is go slow to go fast. 
We spent the time upfront to install a really solid IT management backbone centered around ServiceNow. It integrates with all of our clouds. It integrates with all of our tools. It gives us real-time visibility to what's happening across the global technology landscape in a single data model. So now what we can do is see real-time what the issue is, where it's occurring, what it means to services, and then extrapolate through to what that means for the business and identify how best to prioritize the fixing of it so that we produce the minimal disruption to our business partners. Oh, that's awesome. And, and, and do that in real time. So Penelope, before we wrap up, I usually ask folks about, uh, about their hobbies, but I'm going to switch this on you. I'd love to hear your, your three top books that you recommend to our listeners, um, your top book for digital transformation, um, but also just books that you love in general. Can you share those with us and also share why they're your favorite books? Well, I, I usually at any given time have two or three that I'm, I'm reading through. And right now I've got a couple that I just finished, which I thought were fabulous. And I have one old favorite that I'm rereading for probably the 10th time. Uh, the two newer ones that I finished were a book called Turn the Ship Around um, by a gentleman named David Marquette from the Navy. And it centers around the concept that every person has a leader inside them. And it's your responsibility as a leader of an organization to figure out how to interact with those people, to pull that leader out and get them accountable and responsible for their own decision-making and acting decisively and quickly to run the business of your shop. And it's a really great case study around a submarine. So I highly recommend reading that one. It's really entertaining. Um, the second business one that I just finished uh, that I quite enjoyed was the, I'm sure you've read this one, the No Rules Rules book about Netflix uh, by Reed Hastings. And the, the interesting part about that one was um, you really have to question the status quo all the way down to the day of the week. And what I mean by that is it's not enough to just question on the surface how you're conducting things. You have to question basic tenets of how your culture operates and start there to make sure that you power up the environment to drive innovation through every level and everything you do. So I learned a lot from that book and I'm looking forward to uh, trying some of it out. The fun book, my good old fallback read a couple of times a year, is Shogun by James Clavell. And if you haven't read it end to end, please forget you ever saw the miniseries and read the book. It is a beautiful, lyrical book. And for the time that you read it, the prose is so solidly ensconced in the time period that you feel like you're in feudal Japan. I learned a great deal about the Japanese culture from that book and a great deal about history. And so I make it a point to read it a couple of times a year. It's really fun. Oh, it sounds amazing. I'm going to go get Shogun right now. I love the Japanese culture. I've done lots of business travel in Japan. It's just beautiful. And I really love the notion um, in Turn the Ship Around that every person has a leader inside of them. That's just very powerful. So thank you for that. They're on my list. Um, thank you so much for your terrific insights here, Penelope, what it takes to lead digital transformation at scale. And we look forward to having you back to share your next phase of your journey. Anytime, Lisa. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for joining this special edition of Finding Water. And join us next time as we gain more insights into what it takes to deliver successful digital transformation efforts in these constantly changing times. And so long for now. 